You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 245. Today, we're going to help you identify the beliefs that have been limiting your true potential. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. All right. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm James Wedmore. And I'm Jilly Cedeno. And we're here on the Mind Your Business podcast. Happy Monday. Yay. It's not Monday while we're recording. No. But but it will be. It's Monday for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a fantastic episode in store for you. We're going to be talking about the beliefs that you've been operating from that have been limiting your true potential, how to identify them. You know, we hear people say, what are your limiting beliefs? Write down your limiting beliefs. Like, I don't know if I knew them, I'd I'd write them down. We're going to show you how much your beliefs, that subconscious programming has been driving so much of your behavior, your actions, your decisions, your day, OMG. And once you see this and learn this information, then you'll start seeing your beliefs everywhere. Everywhere. And you'll see other people's beliefs everywhere. You know, it's that moment, like for anybody who watched the matrix, if you didn't, what? Where Neo at the end starts, instead of seeing the world, he starts seeing the numbers, the matrix. He sees the ones and zeros. He sees everything, the world around him as ones and zeros. And that starts to happen. You can't help but hear the friends you hang out with, your family, your kids, like everybody speaking out from their beliefs, operating from their beliefs. And it's crazy. It's really powerful. And you're doing it all day. We hear it all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, all the time. And once you learn this, like it's a very simple two-part identification we're going to give you. And you're just going to, once you start seeing it, like that's a big thing is people are going to be asking and you're going to ask on this episode. I can already predict it which is, well, how do I get rid of them, right? Well, we'll get into that, but I'll tell you right now, being able to identify them is like 90%. That awareness is key. Mm -hmm. So all that and more awesome goodness is coming your way here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much, first of all, for all the comments, the feedback. So many of you just dedicated loyal listeners who've been sharing the podcast on the Instagrams and tagging us. Like we just absolutely love it. And all the feedback and support that you've been getting a ton. Yeah, it's been really nice just hearing from you guys asking for book recommendations and team recommendations. I've been loving it. So yeah, anything that you want to hear from us, just hit me up on my DMs as well. 100%. And if any episode has given you any value whatsoever. My huge request is that you head on over to iTunes. You can go to jameswoodmer.com forward slash iTunes. You can just go to iTunes and search the Mind Your Business podcast and just leave us a quick review because those reviews really make a world of difference in terms of getting this message out to more entrepreneurs that need it. And it really inspires our team as well. We are sharing every single review that comes in on our Monday morning meeting. So keep it up. We just got a review that came in from a user. I love the name. It's going to be great. That's the, that's the <laughs> username. I love it. Just the perfect amount of everything. This podcast has inspired me to make more money and just generally feel gratitude and happiness for everything around me. I need a lot of inspiration. I feel inspired to work for James Wedmore. I am always surprised and excited to listen to each episode. 
Thank you so much. I love that. We absolutely love it. And before we get into it, we also want to give you some updates, what we've been up to. Yeah, a little behind the scenes. So what have we been up to, Jilly? So this week, a week from today, Monday, if you're listening on Monday, we moved offices. We to a moved. Major upgrade, bigger and better space. Moving on up. Yep. Got it all designed, put together. We had to put it together really quickly because we are in the middle of filming. Too. Yes. You guys have been following the behind the scenes on Instagram, which by the way, we're also going to be creating a very cool like behind the scenes series on how we tackle how we approach a million dollar video series, where we spend our time, how we do it, the process, the structure, the planning, the the messaging, the copy, the, the creative, all of it. It's, and it's so fun. It's like my favorite thing in the world. And uh, if you're not following us on Instagram every day, we're sharing tips, we're sharing behind the scenes footage, we're sharing the story of how it's coming together. It's so amazing and it's so fun. And there's so much to learn because chances are, if you're selling your coaching, your digital products, your membership, et cetera, you're going to want to learn how to do this and do it better than most. And that's one of the ways that, by the way, we just absolutely think differently about online business in this industry is that especially in a more like saturated, quote unquote, competitive marketplace, we're always looking to what others aren't willing to do. Mm-hmm. That's always my, that's always what I'm willing to do is what most aren't. Like, ah, video's too time consuming. It's too complicated. It's too expensive. It's too wah, 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 wah. Let's do it. So let's do it. 100%. 100%. And then let's do it better. Let's do it more amazing. And the thing is, is, is you guys, if you have been following me on Instagram, you know, like we're having like 7 a.m. to 7 to 9 p.m. days. They're mm-hmm. 12 to 14 hour days every single day. It's seven days a week. And I'm going to tell you something right now, and it might sting a little, but it's coming with love. If you're tired in your business, like in your life, if you're tired, it probably means, I mean, we it could be a couple of things like diet and sleep, stuff like that. But if you're like, I'm eating right, I'm sleeping enough, and you're tired every day at work, you are focusing on the wrong things, my friend. You're focusing on the wrong things. And I'm saying this from my own experience and 11 years of doing this because one of my favorite things to do, like I just love it more than anything, is to use my business and let my creativity be infused in my business. In fact, it's one of our core values is to infuse creativity into the work that we do. And this is like the most creative thing. And so it's so fun. It's so creative. It's such a, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Other adjectives. I'm just passionate about it. I love it. So we're doing 12 to 14 hour days and I can't get enough of it. I'm not tired at the end of the day. I'm not tired by two o'clock going, oh, come on, use that willpower, push, push, push. And so if you are, you're focusing on the wrong things as plain and simple as that. You're doing things that you shouldn't be doing. You're doing things that are out of your zone of genius. You're doing things that you absolutely know are not the 5% of activities, the things that you actually signed up for. Now, look, we all have to do some of those things. Like we all have to like do taxes and, you know, look at your P&Ls and all that type of stuff, but you don't have to do all the things and all yourself. And so not only, this is where it gets so crazy, but not only is it time taken away, right? Like if I got, oh, I'm going to do my own customer support, you know, I signed up to be an entrepreneur, live a freedom lifestyle, and I'm going to go do my own customer support. Not only can you not get those two, three hours a day back, that those are gone, but now you're tired. Yeah. And it's going to take you that much longer to get started on what you are excited about. But you won't, just, but, but you won't have the energy exactly. to do it. You probably won't do it. It is costing you more than you think. And this is something we preach and teach over and over again. Most people don't listen to because they're operating from their beliefs. And we're going to get to that today was if we change the beliefs, we'll get you to change your entire freaking life. But they'll say, well, I'm not ready yet to hire a VA. I'm not ready to outsource yet. I need to be at a certain level yet before I can do that. 
And that is the most backwards approach to doing this. Have you ever considered that the reason you're not where you want to be, have you ever considered that you're not at that level of success or that level of sales, level of revenue or impact is because you have an outsource, because you're doing it all yourself. Because when you have to do it all yourself, you have less time and definitely less energy to focus on the things that you actually need to be doing. This is why this is so huge and so important. But why people stay stuck, perfect segue, you know, the overall PSA announcement there was do what you love. It's cliche, you know it, but are you doing it? It just goes perfectly in this episode because like we know all the things, but we're not doing them. Why? You know you're supposed to do what you love, but how much of your day is spent doing what you love versus doing what you like? Oh my gosh, it's not what I signed up for. So people stay stuck and they're not getting results. A lot of it has to do with what's beneath all of that. Even if people have the right content, they're all the information, it's the beliefs. So that's what we're gonna get into today. Are you ready? I'm so excited. Good. Ready. This is powerful. This is a very important topic. So it's as simple as this. If we just look at the entrepreneurial landscape of someone who's like, maybe you're a course creator or a coach, speaker, you're an author, chances are you have outcomes and results that you'd like. Things like more income and more impact. And if you haven't quite hit that level of success or gotten the results that you want, can we still blame a shortage of content? As if like what is really plaguing our industry is there's not enough content. You know, if I just had the right content or more content, then I'd be able to get results. No, it sounds even silly to, to think that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you look at it this way, you could have two people read the same book or take the same course. One person has extraordinary results, another person, zero results. Well, we know that the book or the course is the constant there. Mm -hmm. So the variable is the different people. And the difference is what? Well, simply put, it's what's between their ears. Exactly. That's what made the difference. Except what most people do instead is they hop from course to course product to product, coach to coach, guru to guru, looking for all the things externally. And then when they don't get it, what do they do? They blame the content. Ask for a refund. They blame the the guru. They blame the course. They blame the whatever, right? And I get it because that's the easy thing to do. It's easy. It's easy to blame others for why you don't have results. That's safe. It's very safe. And look, I've done it. We all do it to some extent. And, and I'm not saying any of this to shame people or make you wrong. I'm saying what it will take from you to be a successful entrepreneur is like radical responsibility. You don't get any benefit in your life that you actually want from blaming others. It's a deflection. We don't want to look at, well, what could it be about me that is not aligned or congruent with what I want. And that's what we're gonna look at today. (laughs) So the fact is the game of business is a game of results. And I think this is a first and vital key to remind people of because it's very easy to get lost in this, like to forget this, that if you're in business, business is here as a function to make money. like. If you're not willing to get on board with that, you probably shouldn't be in business. You should just do what you do as a hobby and a passion and love it and give it all you got. But don't call it a business. Right. I mean, that's that's just the facts. 
it is the only way. Well, there's multiple ways, but it, the money part is one of the greatest ways to actually see your progress and know that you're doing the right things and spending the time in the right places. Exactly. A lot of people are struggling in business and they either money isn't in their value system. It isn't important to them. It's not measured or they're just, you know, they're very like, well, you know, forget it. I'm not in it for the money. I'm not in it for the money. And that's the thing. It's not about you being in it for the money. It's that your business needs money. So your business is in it for the money mm -hmm. because you can't run the business without it. Otherwise, it's just you working for free for a very long time. But if you, you know, have a business, it needs tools, software, staff, even if it's a part-time VA, resources, things that need to be purchased. Mm -hmm. And those things require money. And so... You know, anybody who's going to struggle where they don't have an intention or a focus or an outcome related to income and they're not measuring it and they don't have a plan for it, you know, so this is, this is always an important piece. So the game of business is a game of results and the results that we look at, the game that we've created for ourselves is income and impact. And you can choose to play that game as well. You can choose to create income goals and impact goals. And the beauty behind this is like, I'm very clear that, that I'm not very driven by money at all because I know that for a fact, learning that kind of the hard way, is that I've been in other businesses, software companies, Amazon, you know, different types of businesses that were actually very lucrative, very successful. There was no heart in it for me. I, was, I didn't care. I didn't, like, it didn't rip me out of bed in the morning to say, let's get into the office earlier and let's stay a little later. And that's when I realized that impact and service was higher on my value scale than income. In fact, what drives me today, and this is very interesting, well, I'll hold off on that part for a moment, but what drives me today is that the idea that my life can serve as a proof of what is possible for another human being. This is going to be very interesting what we share here because we see it all the time, but that drives me like more than anything. When somebody can say, wow, look at the life this person's leading. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they have. Look at what they're creating. Look at all of it, everything from not just the impact of the business or the following, but it's like, oh, this guy drives a fancy car. Oh, this guy lives in Laguna Beach. All of it, everything. This guy's got a great team. All of that is driven from me from a place of if I can be proof of what's possible for somebody so they now have a belief in themselves that they too can do it. If James can do it, I can. Holy cow, there's nothing more powerful than that to me. I feel the exact same way, but from the employee perspective. Yeah. Yet what is interesting is that when you see someone like myself with all the stuff that I have and the things that I do, where do you go? What do you say to yourself? What are you saying to yourself right now? Do you judge me? Do you criticize me? Do you say he's greedy, superficial, he's a show off, he's in it for the money, whatever, right? Or do you say, oh my goodness, I like this and this, I want that and if he can do it, I can too. And we've, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand where people will say comments like we've we've had nasty ones where someone says like you know judgment fancy schmancy whatever criticisms because i i drive a tesla you know and here's why this is so important 
that judgment is a belief. Because I have this, you now have made a judgment or a belief, and we'll get into this about me. But here's where you're screwed. (laughs) If you want the same thing that you've just judged somebody else for having, you've now created a belief about having that thing that is bad, wrong, or not good, and you at a subconscious level will completely sabotage and push away from ever having that thing. Mm -hmm. For example, if you want a successful business and you're judging other people who have successful businesses, you know, it depends on what they're, you're judging them for. Like, oh, he's such a show off. He's always talking about this. There's a blah, 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 blah. He's this or she's that. And you've equated it because they have those things. Then you'll push away those things yourself. If you have judgments about people who have a lot of money, rich people are bad, rich people are evil, rich people are greedy. You can never have money in your life because rich and money means bad, greedy, evil. And you don't want to be you know, evil or greedy. So you will find a way to not be those things that you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And your subconscious mind is very literal. So you have to be careful what you say mm. because they'll take it as fact. Yeah. So anywho, game of business is the game of results. If you're not focused on income and impact, what are you focused on? I mean, you gotta be focused on something, but here's the beautiful thing about why these go hand in hand. We've talked about these before, but impact, which is what really drives us, we get to create more of it when we have more income. So the income drives the impact and income, which is easier to measure, is the byproduct of impact, which means the more income we're making, that's the indicator that we've been making more impact. Think about that for a moment. The more income, the amount of income you made up to this point is really a great indicator of how much impact you've been making. Yes, that kind of means if you're not making any income, are you making that much impact? So you're making more income. That is a byproduct of the impact, which means you're making more impact. But what's so cool is that now you have more income that fuels more impact. Mm -hmm. You can get your message out to more people with more money. Facebook ads. Exactly. Hiring your team, more resources, more tools. Like, think about that just for a moment, just from a social media perspective. I don't have time to be on social media. I don't have time to do others. Like, but there's where all your people are. So if you hired somebody, money, you know, it needs money to do that. Now you're getting more content out in front of more people, which means you'll reach more people, which means more impact. The income fuels the impact. The impact is the byproduct of income. And around and around we go. Business is the game of income and impact. And if you're not making this front and center, if this isn't what your focus is on every day, you're probably just floating around, staying busy, but reactive and not focusing on the 5% of activities that really matter. And you may be saying, well, James, I don't need to charge someone to create an impact. Well, you know, studies show that transformation comes from a transaction. So in order to make an impact at a really deep level, oftentimes that requires some investment. I mean, it's just, it's as simple as we don't value what we don't pay for. If we don't pay, we don't pay attention, right? How many times have you gotten something for free and it just sat there on your, you know, someone handed you a book and you're like, oh, thanks, right? It's really because when you pay, you're making a decision. When you have to give up something to receive something, there's a decision that had to be made. And usually that decision is also around a commitment to do it. Oh, I don't know, this course is kind of expensive and you're going back and forth and you're like, well, if I do pay for this, I'm gonna go all in, I'm gonna do it 100%. It's that decision that is gonna make that transformation. So 
you're just putting out a bunch of stuff for free. You're missing the vital piece that's helping people, which is them putting skin in the game and making a commitment. That's why this is so important. Anyway, here's where I'm going with this. We're focused on results. Whether you want to call that too masculine or not, it doesn't matter. You can't stay open without income. You can't. You can do what you love. Don't get me wrong. Do what you love. But we all need income. We all need money. It's a tool and it's a necessity. In order to get those results, actions are required. There are actions that the business is going to need. Now, you don't have to do them. That's the funny thing is you really don't have to do very many actions if you don't want to. But the business has to take actions. Now, when we bring in all the fun stuff like the law of attraction, what people then tend to misconstrue is that, oh, law of attraction means I just sit on my couch, close my eyes, visualize the bank account, and then I log in to Wells Fargo and bam, money's there. Maybe... But that hasn't been my experience. Some action is required. For example, if there's a knock at the door, you're going to have to get up off your butt and answer the door. That's an action. So where we want to blend really the law of attraction with this type of stuff here is that we have beliefs about how much action we need to take in order to get the results we want. Like if you want a million dollars, you probably have a belief that you have to work, you know, a certain amount. You have to sacrifice and struggle a certain amount in order to make that. That is a belief. And we're going to get into the specific structure of belief in a moment. Whereas you could be like a lot less action could be required. You know, you could have the example of the person who dreams up an idea for an amazing iPhone app and it took them a week to build it and create it. And they put it in the iTunes store, the app store, whatever. And boom, they get a million downloads. There's a million dollars. Right? And that would challenge a lot of beliefs of how long it takes and how hard someone's got to work to make that money. But it doesn't mean no action. In fact, I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that in this world, part of what we're here to do is action. It's to create and do. It's not just to sit around, to get lost in your work, to go into a flow state to just be like what we're talking about right now with our video series is like they're 12 hour days and we're just like flowing. We're in action. We're taking action. We're doing, but oh my gosh, hours like, you know, just the, the day just kind of flies by. You lose track of time. Mm -hmm. We're still taking action. I'm not going to sit there on a couch, close my eyes and visualize a video <laughs> and then boom, it shows up. I am doing it by the way. I focus on, I visualize the intention I want for the series, how effective and efficient it's going to go. All of that. I'm not going to lie to myself and say, well, you just sit here, close your eyes and magically things appear. Okay. So you guys get that. So in order to get the results we want, we got to take the right actions. Well, what determines the actions we take? We have all the courses, all the information. And even those courses tell you all the steps to take and people, we watch it. We'll see it in business by design where here's all the steps and someone will be like, um, I know it says do this here, but I'm not going to. <laughs> And we're like, well, you should probably follow the process. Well, yeah, but notice the but word. We'll come back to that in a moment because language is powerful. And then, of course, they do it and they say, well, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Right? So what caused that person to go, well, I'm going to do it this way? Well, the answer is their beliefs. Beliefs predicate behavior, actions, and decisions. And so what happens is a lot of people are taking a lot of actions and they're doing all the things that they think they need to be doing and they're not getting the results. And at the end of the day, 
when we identify the beliefs that are driving that behavior and we can change those beliefs, we can change the results you're getting. In other words, we can change your entire life. Not we, you. You can change your entire life when we start to address, to identify and shift our beliefs. Now, this is easier said than done. It's very simple. Beliefs predicate the behavior and the actions that we take, the decisions that we make, which then determines the results that we get. People just keep going around changing the actions or doing more of the actions or doing the actions faster and harder, and they're just getting more of the same. Yeah, they're not changing the first part, the belief that drives the rest of it. Bingo, bango, bongo. The problem is beliefs aren't just sitting out there like a piece of lettuce in your teeth. I used to think this all the time. I'm like, oh, I'll start my personal development when I figure out what my blocks are. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I waited for a year on and that. And that was something like when I went through all this like personal development stuff years ago when I was starting my business, the big gurus and stuff like that would be like, all right, get out a piece of paper, write down all your limiting beliefs. And I would just stare at a blank <laughs> piece of paper. And then they said, and if you don't think you have any, that's a limiting belief. And I was like, oh man, I'm really hurting. That's what I really want to offer is that if you knew it, it wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we see a lot of it where people go, okay, I think I have a limiting belief about ba 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 dee ba da ba da And I guarantee you there's something deeper behind that. It's almost like now people have an awareness of limiting beliefs. They have this like ruse, this like fake belief. So there's something deeper underneath that. Or they say, I've already cleared that limiting belief. Yeah. But here's what's coming up for me. <laughs> right. So the first thing we have to understand, let's define what a belief is. And then we're going to look at the structure of it. When you understand the structure, you're going to start to see it everywhere. A belief dictionary definition here is an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. So it's very important that you're aware that an actual belief that you're operating from doesn't show up as a belief. It shows up like it's truth for you. It's an accepted truth. Like the sky is blue. You don't question that. It shows up as truth for you. Most people, right? It's truth to you. But the tricky thing here and this is gonna be hard for some people to wrap their mind around, is everything is a belief. Everything, even what I just said Mm -hmm. is a belief, which means that nothing is 100% absolutely true 100% of the time. That's what truth is, is something that is 100% truth 100% of the time. And very few, if any, things actually are. Now again, we're not talking about religious beliefs. We're not talking about spiritual beliefs. We're talking about, we'll get into specific examples, but we're talking about beliefs of like, if I call her up right now, she's gonna yell at me. Mm -hmm. That's a belief. That's a belief right there. How do you know that? It hasn't happened yet. How do you even know? And so you believing as like, I know it. James, I just know it. That's gonna determine your behavior. How you call, when you call, how you show up on the call is gonna affect your behavior, your actions, what you say, what you don't say, the tonality, everything, right? So everything's a belief, which means that nothing is 100% absolutely true 100% of the time. Very little, if if anything. Even what I'm saying right now is a belief because you're gonna to wanna, to, well, that's not true, James. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's another belief. And the other good news is that a belief can be changed. If it's not 100% true, it's like, it's malleable. But why this is so important is that it's as if our beliefs act as filters that cause us to act in certain ways because it's like truth for us. So I think it's also important to understand that this whole like belief forming is a very powerful and essential survival strategy. As I watch my little three-year-old nephew, he's learning about the world and he needs to learn about the world in order to survive. For example, knives are sharp 
and fire is going to burn you. Okay. So he learns that once, you know, oh, don't know, don't touch that. That's hot or that's going to hurt you. Now his little forming brain gets to say, okay, all flames are bad. All sharp metal objects are bad. Stay away from them. Great. That's where it serves us. Where it doesn't serve us is where we create those types of generalizations and absolutes about everything else in our life, mm-hmm. right? Like if I post something, every time I post it, someone's going to yell at me or criticize me or cut me down. Therefore, I won't post, right? So it serves us. It really does. It's there, it's there to serve us. It's where we create that, we follow that same pattern of like creating beliefs in our life in areas that won't in areas that are out of alignment and incongruent with the results that we want. And at the end of the day, folks, you signed up for entrepreneurship. You signed up for it. Risk, uncertainty, unfamiliarity, rejection, failures, upsets, and letdowns are part of it. It's what you signed up for. You didn't know it at the time, but it's exactly what you signed up for. If you don't want any of that, there is absolutely no shame and nothing wrong with getting a job. Because that's what comes with getting a job is stability, consistency, familiarity over time. But check in, check out. Exactly. It's, hey, the day's done. Let me go on with the rest of my life. But you signed up for it. And so people then create beliefs around like, well, I don't want that. How do I create a business where I know how everything's going to go all the time? How do I create a business without making mistakes so I don't have failures? You can't. You can't doesn't exist right so this is why this is just so important yeah and if you do do that you're wasting a heck of a lot of energy just trying to predict the outcomes that you don't even know are going to happen yet and you're trying to think of all the different scenarios that could possibly go wrong or right Mm -hmm. and you're just expending so much energy doing that yeah and i really feel like when we start creating these beliefs in our life we're really putting ourselves into a prison Mm -hmm. this is very dangerous All right, so let me give you guys some more examples of how our beliefs are predicating behavior. If you believe, I know this is a silly example, but if you believe there's a monster on the other side of the door, will you open the door? I don't think so. No, again, it's like, if you know there's a monster on the other side of the door, will you open the door? Probably not. No. But how how do you know there's a monster on there? It's a belief that until you open the door, you don't know, right? Well, someone told me, well, how do you know they're telling the truth, okay? So that's a very simplistic, silly example, but let's now like relay this more to business. If you believe that posting a certain post is gonna give you a hater or criticism or judgment and ridicule, will you post the post? No. Well, that's a trick question, isn't it? It's a trick question because it depends on the beliefs you also have about receiving criticism or having a hater. So what you'll also discover when we go into the structure of belief is that there are beliefs nested within beliefs nested within the beliefs. So we have two beliefs here. One is a belief that if I post this, I'll get criticism. But what if you have a belief that criticism is a good thing? Criticism means you're making it. You're one of the leaders. You're That's one, true. Right? Mm-hmm. So if criticism to you is a good thing, and you believe that if you post this, you'll get criticism, you'll probably post it. Yeah, it's a sign you're on the right path or something. Exactly. But if you believe that receiving a criticism means you're a loser, means that you're not loved, you're not deserving, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, will you post it? Probably not. 
right? So this is how much our beliefs are affecting our actions. It just goes to show you too that two different people can have entirely different beliefs around the same exact thing. Precisely. Now, this is vitally important because if you don't believe that the results you want are possible, if you don't believe that you can actually be successful, if you don't believe the thing that you're working on, the project you're working on, the business you're working on will actually work 100%, guess what? At some level, you won't actually do what it takes. You'll stop short because why would you do the thing that's outside your comfort zone? Why would you do the thing that risks everything, that puts it all on the line if a big part of you thinks it's not actually gonna work out? You don't do it. You won't do it. This is why this is just so, so important. So if you want to experience change in your life, like a new result of the results that you've been wanting, you absolutely must change your beliefs. It's not just about more content. This is what we call whip cream on garbage. If I gave you the killerest, most awesomest strategy for getting 10,000 followers on Instagram, but you believe that you're worthless and too old and no one would ever want to follow you, Are you actually gonna follow that strategy? Even if I made it the most simple, easy strategy and deep down you're going, but who am I to have anybody follow me on Instagram? Or I hate Instagram, or it's not worth my time. Or you you have all these things. No, of course not. So your beliefs must align with the outcomes you want. And this is where we talk about the digital CEO so much, is that if you want the business that the seven-figure digital CEO has, you must begin even first having the same beliefs, the same thinking, the same perspective that they do. I mean, I gave you that example of how many times we judge and criticize others. You push away that which you want and we don't even realize that we're doing it because we're, we're having beliefs that these things are bad and we don't wanna see ourselves bad, so we don't want those things ourselves. This is vital that we address this. Mm-hmm. So how do we get started? The first step always is being clear on what you want. That's why this is so important, always. Get clear on what you want first. By the way, if you're going, well, I don't really know what I want. Belief. Another belief. It's not true that you don't know what you want. Here's my theory. Here's my, you know, it's an assumption because I'd have to get in there with each of you to really know for a fact. If you're telling yourself that you don't know what it is that you want, chances are it's because you have a belief about it that you're not liking. Mm -hmm. Like if I do know what I want, then that means if I don't get it and I talk about what I want, but I don't do it, I'm a failure, mm-hmm. right? So you've already created a belief about the thing that you do want. And so, because you don't like the belief, you've just buried it deep, 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 deep down. We are desire seeking creatures. We have desires and wants until the day we die. Until the day we die, you will be yearning and wanting for something, for more time or an experience or connection or results or impact. Something is always gonna be driving you, right? Something always drives you. And so when you start to operate from the belief, I don't know what you want, you're just denying yourself what you're here to do, your path, your mission, your purpose. It's not true. And here's how else we know it's not true because we live in a world of duality. So that means there's up and down, north and south, right and left, right and wrong. Everything is opposites, right? Yin and yang, right? So if I asked you what you don't want, you could tell me. I don't know what I don't want. Yes, you do. Do you want pain and suffering? No. Okay. So that means you want joy and pleasure, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Okay, great. So what else don't you want? And if we looked long enough at all the things you don't want, because we are survival based, we're always more focused on what we don't want. 
the opposite must be true as well. If you don't want to be broke, it means you want to have money. Mm-hmm. Great. If you don't want to be homeless, it means you want to have a home. Okay. So you do know what you don't want. So start there. What don't I want? And to give you some perspective, the book I read, A Pocket Full of Money, it says that the most successful people can list out thousands of things that they want out of life. We're always doing that. Mm -hmm. Chelsea and I are always coming up with lists of things that we want to do, experience, have, create, Mm -hmm. everything. Trips we want to go on, things we want to own, play with, like all that stuff. And we don't care if we don't get any of them. It's the joy in the process of daydreaming and imagining. And I just refused everything. I don't know what I want. That's not true. Another belief. Okay. But again, like I said before, beliefs don't actually show up like beliefs. I really believe that if they did, you just wouldn't have them. You know, they don't show up as like, do you believe in Santa Claus? I believe in Santa Claus, right? They just don't. So we're going to give you a really simple structure for all beliefs. Every single belief has the same structure. This way you can identify them. Now, when you identify them, you can begin to let them go. You can begin to create a new belief. How can you start identifying them? Again, if you know what you want, I think that's really important to have that like North Star driving you. You'll know you are operating from a belief that is not serving you because there are good beliefs and there are bad beliefs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not the right way to say. There are beliefs that are in alignment with the goals and outcomes you want and there are beliefs that are not. I made a belief or a label that that's good or bad. There's either beliefs that serve you or beliefs that don't. There's beliefs that work or beliefs that don't. So a belief that is not serving you, you'll know you're in one and operating from one and taking action from one when you are feeling and experiencing a negative emotion. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. That's how we can start to, up. I'm in a belief that's not serving me. Every time, every time. So, great example, if someone triggers you online, you get that criticism or that hater and you get all upset and you get in tizzy and blah, 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 and you're like, wow, I feel really crappy right now. I feel angry, I feel frustrated. You're in a belief. What's the belief? Well, I don't know. Let's see. It could be, why would you feel crappy? Like, well, I feel, I feel offended. I feel like this guy, this person hurt me. Well, did the person really hurt you? You know, I always give this example of like a homeless person on the street and just said like, you're an idiot. Would you be like, would you spend all day being like, that person hurt my feelings? Probably not because you didn't put the same belief on that phrase the same interpretation on what that person said as you gave the value you gave the meaning you gave to this person online and so it's in that meaning that belief that you're holding something that isn't actually true that isn't actually serving you so another example would be if you posted something and you got a negative feedback like we're talking about a hater online you could go into the interpretation that everyone on the internet has the exact same opinion about what you posted yeah yeah, and chances are with something like this, if someone is triggering you, it's there's some belief there that you actually think it's true. Mm-hmm. Like if someone says you're stupid, then it actually means you're stupid, you know, and that's why we'd be upset. Mm-hmm. So we're, you're getting triggered because you're triggered by your belief about what they said, not actually what they said. Mm-hmm. Because again, you go back to the homeless person example. I know it's like a crude example, but I, it serves a lot of people to have this analogy. You don't get triggered by that. Why? Because you're like, for some reason... Because we've all had it happen, you know, where someone like said obscenities on the side of the street and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, that person's just, you know, a little inebriated or something. You don't take it personally, but someone says it online. It's like, it must be true. Mm-hmm. If they said it, it must be true. And that's, well, that doesn't feel good. So it's not, it's not true. That's why 
you feel that way because you're operating from a belief that doesn't serve you. Mm -hmm. Here's another example really quick. You feel crappy after you did that first webinar or whatever webinar, right? You did that webinar and you just feel like crap after. You feel icky, you feel bad, you feel whatever. Well, we don't know what the belief is, but we know there is a belief there that's not serving you. It could be something like, I didn't do a good enough job or I didn't make enough sales or I wasn't good enough or people didn't like it. Or webinars aren't my thing. It's all belief, all belief. And it's a belief that's not serving you because and you know it isn't because of how you feel. Everything you focus on that's true for you, that does serve you, that's in your highest good, that's aligned with your outcome, will feel good when you focus your attention on it, when you're operating from those beliefs. Every single time. We've done an entire episode on this, so we're just kind of going fast over this so we can get into the structure of the belief. Okay, so we've done a lot here. We've talked about this a lot. Let's get right into the two types of beliefs that all beliefs fall under. Two types. Beliefs are either about causality or equivalence. What does that mean? Well, let's look at the first one, which is causality. Anything that is like an if this, then that. Cause and effect. To have a cause and effect is a, a template for a belief, basically. So, for example, if we said, if I get a refund, then my course isn't good enough. If I get a refund, they didn't like me. Right? Whatever, right? When we connect two things together, something like an action of if someone refunds, and then we connect it to the effect of they don't like me, then I'll lose money, then whatever will happen. It's in the act of connecting those two together and making it a fact, an absolute across the board, it's a belief, 100%, every single time. So if I get a refund, here's a great example of this. People would be like, no, this is true, James. That's a, that's a fact. If I get a refund, I'll lose money. Is that true? Yeah, of course, because you have to give them back their money, so I'm losing money. Feels like it, yeah. But here's the thing. I can make an exception to that. Remember, a truth is something that has to be true 100% of the time, all the time, no exceptions. Well, what if the person that's refunding is someone that's draining your energy, draining your time? Wouldn't it be costing you more money for them to not refund? How many times I know people that are more seasoned entrepreneurs out there have fired a customer or refunded them because you know at this point they're costing you more to be a customer. Mm -hmm. So to say if someone refunds, it's costing me money or I'm losing money is a belief. That's not necessarily true. But if you operated from that, then what that means is that you'll stay, and we see this happen all the time, you'll stay with that customer even when you're spending hours that you shouldn't be and draining all your time, you can't stop thinking about them and nagging about them in your head and complaining about them and now you're resenting them and then they want more from you and your time is money, so it's costing you more not to refund them. So anytime we're putting an if this and then a then that together, we've created a belief and a belief is something that isn't 100% true 100% of the time. So I just gave you an exception to that. So when you hear words like, if I do this, then that will happen. It will, if she does this, then that means, you know, that will occur. Or when you hear things like because or something causes that, you're operating from a belief. Mm -hmm. And so you want to start noticing it. Start noticing it in others. Start noticing when people say because. Well, I can't go to the gym today. Why not? Because. Well, now they're saying that the reason they can't go is because of that. Now, there might be some truth, but there might not. For example, 
I can't go to the gym. Why not? Because I'm too busy. Well, again, belief. What does that actually mean, too busy? What that could be interpreted as is, no, this is just not a priority enough for you. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you can't go to the gym. You're choosing not to go to the gym because it's less important than the other things that you're choosing to spend your time on. But when you're operating from that belief, you're operating from belief that you're always too busy and then you always can't do things. Mm -hmm. So let's let's do another one. If I hire a team, then I have to spend all my time managing them. We hear that a lot. Yeah. Is that true? You have to spend all your time managing? Maybe if it's a bad team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe you hire like 100 people and not a man, any managers. Maybe. But that hasn't been my experience. So these are everywhere. You're saying them. I'm saying them too. We're all saying them. It's not right or wrong. It's nothing to be shamed about. But we want to notice when we're operating from beliefs of causality, if this, then that, that are out of alignment, that are not aligned with the results and outcomes that we want. They're not the the beliefs that the digital CEO operates from. Now, the other type of belief is any beliefs around meaning, interpretation, or equivalence, which is when we say this equals that. So the first one is if A, then B, but this one is A equals B. And you see these, hear these all the time. Mm -hmm. This happening means that. This happened, which means this. And where you'll hear these a lot, and these are the toughest ones, is when someone makes something mean something about themselves. Mm-hmm. My yeah. launch failed, therefore I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Even launch failed is a belief or an interpretation about that launch. Failure itself is a belief. You cannot point to failure as a fact, as something you can touch, hold in your hand. It is an interpretation about something. And so our favorite belief is to operate from the place of the only failure that exists is when you decide to give up. Mm -hmm. When you want to do something and you stop going after it, that is the only failure that exists in the world. But how dare you say that someone who goes after their dreams puts it all on the line and just goes after it and whatever result they get or don't get, that they are a failure? Mm-hmm. No, the failures are the people sitting up in the stands judging and criticizing and never doing. So to say your launch is a failure because you didn't hit your goals, which are numbers you just made up anyways, that is a belief. Okay, so when you hear things like therefore, so, you know, I didn't do this, so boom. So, you know, I shouldn't keep doing it. Or means, And when we're talking about ourselves, I am this, I'm a failure. Those are the big doozies, right? Mm -hmm. So let's give some examples here. So like not having a big list or I don't have thousands of people on my email list means I'm not ready to launch would be an example that we see a lot. Yeah. I don't have a lot of people on my emails. I don't have a big list. Therefore, I'm not ready to launch. Mm -hmm. Really? Like there's like a law out there, a truth that you have to have a big list. How big is big? Everyone's definition of big is different. You know, I sit here and say, we have a 200,000 person email list. Is that big? No, because there's companies out there with like a million person list, like millions. Big is its own interpretation because it's relative Mm -hmm. compared to what? And are you telling me then that it's law and truth that you have to have a specific number on your email list before you can launch? No. You know how many of our students are launching without even starting email list because they realize that it's your launch that actually builds your list? It's belief. 
how is that belief that you're holding on to affecting your behavior and preventing the results that you actually want? You want to sell your product, you want to get in front of more people, but you're not launching. How else are you expecting to make sales when you're not selling your product? Because you're waiting and hesitating and delaying. And you'll get to that number, whatever that made up number is in your head of how many people you need on your email list. And you'll say, well, it's not quite enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's not warm enough. And my email is, you know, you'll come up with a new belief because below that is another belief that's yeah. even deeper, which is like, I'm not ready to launch or who am I to launch or I'm afraid to launch or what if I fail in my launch or, or because you haven't launched, maybe you don't have results to share with the list. Mm-hmm. Let's look at some other ones. So I didn't hit my goal. Therefore, I'm a failure. Therefore, I'm not cut out for this. Therefore, boom. So we've taken two things, guys. This is what's so important to this. Two things. I didn't hit my goals. Now, that's not a belief. You didn't hit your goals. Your goal was 100,000. You did 50,000. <laughs> you didn't hit your goals. For you to then say, that means that I'm not cut out for this. I'm not good enough. I suck, whatever. It's not fact. It's not truth. It's just a belief. It's a choice you made at a subconscious level to say, well, because of this, therefore I am this, or therefore I won't, or therefore I can't, belief. So you'll notice that we really get in trouble when we're doing a couple things. First of all, we're creating absolutes. Like we're making these generalizations as it's always all the time for all people and all things. I never hit my goals. Never? Never ever? Does that also mean you never will? And that brings in the whole crystal ball predictions. Then we take our beliefs out into the future and we start creating beliefs, either if then beliefs or you know causality beliefs or a meaning interpretation beliefs about the future. Like even when you say like, I didn't hit my goals, therefore I'm a failure. You're already saying like that you're gonna always be a failure. Like mm-hmm. that's, we, we start speaking as if that's permanent, that's fixed, that's unchangeable. And- Or what about something like if I hit a million dollars, then my friends won't be able to relate to me anymore. Yep. So beautiful. So there's a causality belief about the future. How do you know that? It hasn't happened yet. So it's not true. It can't possibly be true because it doesn't exist yet. It's a prediction. Great. But how much of your life, your decisions, your behavior is predicated on predictions of of how you think things are going to go? How many times has the weatherman gotten it wrong? Like he said, it's going to rain tomorrow. So I better bring an umbrella and it didn't rain. Okay. That's a minor you know, has a, not that big of a consequence in your life, but we're doing this about the big things. If I do this in the future, then this is going to happen. How do you know it hasn't happened? And then the other thing we do is, is we, uh, create beliefs (laughs) about things that it's absolutely impossible to know about, which is like what someone is thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. If I do this, she's going to be mad. Or, How many times have you some you've talked yourself up about something and then you get done with it and you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. <laughs> or someone said or did something like you read an email from a customer. Someone's like, she's angry. How do you know? Did she? If she didn't say, I am angry. How do we know how someone else is thinking or feeling? And it's very. This is a very important one to really drill down on because there is absolutely no way to know for a fact how someone is thinking and how someone is feeling. There really isn't. Yes, we can read body language. Yes, someone can communicate to you, but they can also be lying to you. Mm -hmm. We don't actually know. And notice how much of how we operate is from an assumption of how people think and feel and an assumption of how they will think and feel. 
without even considering that they're going through the same, the other person is going through the same thing on their side as well. Exactly. And we're all just doing the best we can. <laughs> okay. So this was a big one. This one was a doozy and we're gonna have more episodes like this in the future. But here's the big pieces to pull out from this. Just a recap is that our beliefs predicate behavior our actions and our decisions. And it's our actions, decisions that will determine the results that we get. So until we're changing our beliefs, at least looking at our beliefs and aligning our beliefs to match the outcomes, the results that we want, we're gonna continue to be really busy, which is why we say hustle is not the secret to success because you can hustle on all the wrong things with the wrong belief system and not get anywhere. You could say that the only way to make money is to you know, work yourself to the bone and sacrifice your, your health and sanity. Great, that's the only way life can be for you. This is where we bring in, you create your own reality. This is where we're doing it, at the level of our thoughts and beliefs. Your beliefs are like the filter, the perspective, the filter in which you experience the world. So, in order to start shifting our beliefs, we must know how to spot them, because they are not in plain sight, guys. They're not easily, readily available to you, Hey, what are my beliefs? Oh, here they go. Let's just write them down. They're hiding. It's like the ego doesn't want you to know what the beliefs are because it shatters the ego's world. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, what you thought was true is not, oh my goodness, you crumble your whole like reality. And that's like very threatening to the ego. So we must know how to identify them. That is the first step. And there are two types of beliefs, beliefs around causality, if this, then that, this causes that. That is a belief. Whatever you fill in there is a belief because this doesn't always cause that and what this thing is not always caused by that thing. And then there are beliefs around meaning or interpretation. This means this, this is this, that is that. Even when you sit there and say, I'm a failure. Okay, have you always been a failure? Were you born a failure? Was there ever a time that you were a success or a winner? Not even one moment of your entire life. Who are you? Of course there was a time. So it's not true. It's not true, but it, it really feels true. So how do we change this? Oh, I just want to change. Well, it's, it's another episode, but I'm gonna tell you this right now is that this is 90% of it. This is where you become Neo in the matrix is when you start to see the structure of a belief everywhere. You can hear people talking through the beliefs. Well, if I do this and that's gonna happen, or I did that, which means I'm now this, or it means I can't do that, or it means this, it means it's not worth doing, it means it's whatever. And when you realize that you're operating from a belief and when you can identify that belief, if it's a belief, it always means there's an exception to the rule. It isn't absolutely true 100% of the time. So why does it have to be this way for you? Why can't you be the exception? Why can't you create the exception? Why can't you be the outlier? Why can't this situation be different for you than it has in your past or in other people's experiences? So you can begin to even just challenge this belief. Is this always true all the time? Is there even one exception? Has there been one person that has been an exception? You know, we go back to the beliefs of I don't have the time or the money to, you know, build a business. Do you realize that there is somebody, no matter how little time you have, no matter how little money you have, there is guaranteed at least one person on the planet that has had less time than you, less money than you, less resources than you, and they were able to make their dreams possible. They were able to build their business. So 
if they were able to do it with less time and less money, why would you continue to hold on to a belief that's saying, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the resources, I don't have the support. Someone else made it possible. And you know how they made it possible? Is it because they bought the right course? Uh-uh. No, it's because they believed they could, plain and simple. They said, despite how little time I have, despite how little money I have, I know I can make this possible. I know I can do this. And so they did. So if we're not taking a real good hard look at these beliefs and starting to find these and spot these, notice these, and shift these, then we keep putting whipped cream on garbage. Mm-hmm. And nothing changes. Again, start to notice. This is kind of your homework. Start to notice where the negative emotions come up in your life. Where you feel overwhelmed, there's a belief there. We hear it all the time, I'm so overwhelmed. Overwhelm is a belief that there's too much to do in too little time and I can't get it done. You're operating from a belief. You are so much more powerful than you realize. That means you cannot limit yourself to I can't get it done. And that's what you do in that moment. You create a belief that you operate from, that you are limited, that you can't do it all, you can't get what you wanna get done, and that feels bad, it feels like overwhelm, which is not a good feeling. You're operating from a belief and it's a belief that doesn't serve you. So begin to notice throughout your day, just keep going through your days, notice when you feel bad. Notice when you feel a negative emotion, you feel stressed, you feel angry, you feel frustrated, you feel sad, you feel just off, you feel wonky and start to look. Is there a belief here? What, what was I just thinking about? What was I just focusing on that would have me feel this way? And chances are what you were focusing on was a belief and it was a belief that wasn't serving you. Was it a belief of if I do this or if I did that, then this would happen? Or was it a belief about if, or was it a belief about this means that? Mm-hmm. Causality or meaning? And start to spot those, start to notice them. You can even just start to write them down. And even just that awareness and creating those distinctions begins to free you from them because you know their belief. And it makes it easier to spot them down the line when more things come up for you. 100%. And I think a great place to start if you are struggling with just spotting them and you're not happy with where your results are right now, you could take a moment to think about that. Say, okay, I don't have the results I want right now. Why is that? And start writing out all the reasons why you think you don't have the results you want. And there is your list of beliefs. Bada bing, bada boom. Absolutely. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We'll see you all next time here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Bye. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be, so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.